Hello and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft entries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, and I'm joined by Jeff Lee, editor of Cargo Facts. Cargo Facts is very excited for the first ever Cargo Facts LATAM, which is coming to Panama May 15th through 17th. We're going to have a number of exciting speakers and panels, including our guest today, Mr. Carlos Koch, the Chief Executive Officer of Extreme Aviation. Carlos is a special player in the air cargo and freighter aircraft industry. He brings more than 26 years of experience in the aircraft maintenance sector and has been working on a number of conversions. Yeah, he's graduated from Riddle University, and I want to thank him for joining us today. Carlos, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Andrew. Thank you for uh, having me. Carlos, you're speaking on our panel, uh, Latin American Carriers and the Future of Narrow Bodies. And when we're talking about the future, help me get a sense of where do you think uh, Latin America as a region uh, has been the last 10 years in the, for the freighter aircraft industry? Well, I think for the last uh, 10 years, uh, South America has been a, a secondary market, and we're definitely seeing a, a, a shift in that with uh, a lot of the new e-commerce companies coming online and focusing on the region. E-commerce uh, companies, do you think that that's the primary driver of growth today? No, not only. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, logistics dedicated to the Chinese market and their trade with uh, Latin America. So uh, that there's a big influence there as well. Carlos, yeah, I was going to say, um, it's the on the e-commerce front, that really has been um, sort of noticeable in the um, certainly in the much nearer term, kind of in the past, um, you know, one or two years. And of course, uh, I'm thinking of, um, you know, Mercado Libre um, is the, the most prominent um, high profile example of them um, sort of that deal with Goal. Um, but more generally, I mean, it seems that while the rest of the world is looking at slowing growth, uh, would you say the opposite um, is, is, is true of the Latin American market? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I don't really see a slow in growth. I think we hit a little bit of a pause from the abnormal numbers created by COVID. So we're probably uh, back on an upward trend from regular numbers, if you, if you uh, if you digest it properly, and and I think that growth is going to continue. Uh, just picked up from you know 2019 numbers, and maybe leaving the COVID era out of it. Mm. And we are seeing, uh, and this is of course partly why we're so excited for our event. But we've seen. Um, quite a number of, of new players joining the, the cargo market and, and the, on the freighter side as well, haven't we? Yes, absolutely. Uh, not only new players, but the uh, some of the older existing companies are also in uh, growth mode and renewing their fleets and, uh, you know, securing new new business in the in the region. Now, you've um, worked with several companies, uh, especially on the kind of the the 737 Classics uh, side. 
Um, one of the the things that we've picked up on recent in the past, uh, yeah, a couple of years is how um, as markets like Europe, primary markets move to the NGs. Um, one of the places where the classics are heading is uh, precisely uh, Latin America. Um, just how much potential is there for more, uh, you know, classic growth in Latin America? Oh, there's great upside, great potential. Uh, you know, several of the uh, Latin American carriers uh, have older fleets and fleets that they're getting ready to to renew. And we've been assisting a couple of them in, uh, you know, uh, upgrading their fleets, 737, uh, 300s, 400s. And uh, now we're probably going to start seeing in the next couple of years some of those carriers actually going into uh, 800s as well. So it's 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 catching up fast. We see a, a diverse body of freighter type for the region. It, it seems. Would would you think that there's a, any specific characteristics of a freighter aircraft uh, or any specific freighter type that is going to be uh, truly essential uh, or more valuable for the LATAM carriers? Yeah, the 737 Classic has been a, a preference aircraft, uh, but as they come older, uh, I think the uh, carriers are, are definitely looking at the 800s as uh, their best fit for the region, you know, for, for range, fuel consumption, uh, you know, uh, economy, uh, there's also a couple of uh, airlines introducing the A320, A321 uh, freighter into the region, uh, but that's still very early, so <clears throat> we will have to, to see how that goes. But I think the preferred uh, uh, aircraft is going to be the 800. Now, I, I know Embraer has introduced the conversion for the Embraer yeah, E-190 and the E-Jet family, which is something very exciting. Do you think that that's going to be a threat for the classic market? No, I don't think it'll be a threat. Uh, the Embraer will carry, uh, you know, less less payload. The numbers are attractive when it comes to, you know, the, the cost and the operation. But I think for, for short hops, it, it's a good aircraft. So it won't directly compete with the uh, three hours plus of the uh, 800. And I think that's the different market, if you will. Now, let me ask you a little bit more about what Extreme does, because you work a, a, a lot with 737 Classics. Um, let's say one comes in the shop um, for you. Uh, what are some of the things that you, you do to upgrade this, this old, uh, or some would say older aircraft platform? Well, when an aircraft comes in for conversion, we're stripping it and uh, tearing it down basically to bare mm. bones. So in the process of doing that, there's a lot of corrections, a lot of findings that uh, get upgraded. So when the aircraft leaves our facility, uh, it, it basically has a, not only a facelift, but a full body lift and uh, you know the the condition of the of the freighter is improved drastically. So it, it will be an aircraft that's going to last, uh, you know, well, well, well into you know, 15, 20 years. So. Now I know 
last year, um, and by last year, I mean uh, 2022 at EMEA, Texel was talking about how they had upgraded a number of their freighters with Rockwell Collins um, avionics to help shoot some more difficult uh, uh, approaches. Are you able to upgrade uh, the avionics um, in a way that changes the capabilities of the uh, 737 Classic? Yeah, absolutely. And these are all uh, STCs that are out there in the market. Uh, it all depends on the specific customer needs. So if a customer is, is looking for these upgrades, we're definitely able to provide and uh, perform the modifications. But yeah, they do they do help. Carlos, uh, just uh, curious. I mean, obviously, your your um, the panel is focusing on the narrow body side, but um, how do you look at the wide body freighter market um, in Latin America? Well, the wide body market in Latin America, I think it's dedicated to the uh, the, the, the bigger carriers. You know, the DHLs, the 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 Latams, mm. and and they. Uh, are definitely looking at uh, you know not only the six sevens, but uh, I know that triple seven is uh, of great interest to them as well. Mm. Uh, you know, with uh, long uh, range routes like uh, Miami to uh, Chile and uh, Argentina and some regions of Brazil, these are very favorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you were also talking about uh, you know tr the Trans-Pacific trade, and um, of course with now with uh, China opening back up, um, there's, uh, I would imagine, a lot of these uh, carriers uh, are looking at that market. Now, obviously, there, there, there simply um, isn't an, a, a viable way for them to serve that trade non-stop right now. But, um, you know, we're also seeing uh, mass right, in Mexico with their ambitious plans. Yeah, correct. Uh... You know, Mass has been a 767 operator for numerous years, and uh, they've been successful in in that market. Uh, you know, feeding the 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 region, uh, the Central America region. It's it's a it's a different animal, a little bit from the South American region. Carlos, back to um, Latin America. Um, what do you think is the timeline um, to when a 737 enters your shop and then how quickly you can turn it around? Because we know demand and availability of the 737 platform specifically is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're geared, geared up for a line of conversions uh, this year as well. We are starting a 737-400 uh, possibly mid next month. And we're looking at three and a half months three and a half to four months uh, turnaround time with uh, an additional induction right after that. So, you know, we know the market is there. Perfect. No, I went to seeing that. A, a final question for you, Carlos, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you off the hook. Um, what are you most excited about for uh, CargoFax LATAM? Well, I think it's going to be a, a great opportunity for all the uh, carriers, especially in, in, in South America and some of the Central America uh, region, to get together and not only view their industry as a whole, but also see where the uh, growth perspectives are as far as uh, aircraft and what type of aircraft are going to be you know, available and, and and trending in the upcoming years. 
I think that is going to be a, a very exciting growth period in the next four or five years for the region. So we're all uh, excited and happy to be part of it. Well, Carlos, that's that's all uh, we had. I want to thank you so very much for um, joining us on the Cargo Facts Connect podcast. Um, yeah, Jeff, you would have to cor- um, correct me. This would be our first guest in how many years? Would, would this be uh, <laughs> not years, <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh, months, but maybe not years. <laughs> it's been a while, um, and a while, we're very. Yes. We're very happy to have you, um, yeah, Carlos Koch from Extreme Aviation, doing some truly incredible stuff. Um, we're excited for you to join us. If you want to meet uh, Carlos yourself, um, I believe, Carlos, you're going to be at Cargo Facts Last Ham on May the 15th through the 17th in Panama. You can find out more information about that event at CargoFactsEvents.com slash last ham uh carlos thank you so much for joining us thank you andrew and jeff and thank you to the uh, cargo facts family for uh, always keeping us in mind and uh, keeping up with our growth and projects thanks carlos thank you guys thank you carlos i want to put it back to you jeff i believe that we have one of the most exciting mysteries um, to hit the air cargo industry in a long time with a new A350F. Tell us more. Yeah, it um, is pretty exciting um, on several fronts, but I guess uh, just the the first is that um, the, well, this is the the first production new generation production freighter order this year um, for four A350s, but. The intriguing thing is that uh, this, the customer for this is unknown, uh, right now at least, which, so there's there's a couple of um, questions that we should be asking ourselves, uh, but I guess one would be just, of course, the, the obvious one, who, who is it? Um, but kind of a side question is, are they referring to remain unidentified um, until let's say that maybe the Paris air show or uh, even later this year, the Dubai air show, something like that. Um, or is it going to be one of those uh, unidentified until the delivery um, deals? Uh, but uh, yeah, on the topic of who it might be, uh, it, I want to say there's there aren't that many options, but on the other hand, there, it, the, the potential is also um, pretty wide because, um, well, there, it could be a leasing company, for, um, for instance. Um, they very often they like to remain unidentified. Um, and uh, but the other side to it is uh, it could be a um, it could ultimately be for a, a Chinese carrier, for instance. Um, very often those. Um, carriers um, are unidentified to begin with, um, and part of that has to do with how how um, all aircraft orders work uh, for China. Um, you know, the, usually either the, the basically the, the government or or some arm of the government um, that controls the um, a, a holding company of the airline, and then. Um, they then distribute that the aircraft um, to the, the carrier. But so, are you uh, saying that you think that the order came from China? 
I'm not saying that definitively. I'm just saying that that is a possibility. Um, but then the number also is uh, kind of interesting. Four isn't huge, but it also is, um, well, it, it's not trivial. Um, and that brings us to the point about um, just all of the A350 um, order numbers so far. Uh, they have almost all been either for seven or for four. Um, and we had made a joke at the time, didn't we? Um, how this was a, a kind of a nod at the 747 and how the A350F is targeted at replacing um, the 747 freighters. Uh, of course, Silkway ordered two, but that, apart from that, um, most of, I think all of the other ones are for seven units or for four units. Um, so uh, yeah, it's also, I mean, the other possibilities um, potentially are, um, I was, one, I have to say, when I saw the order, I, I uh, was thinking of um, China Airlines in Taiwan. Um, because they have a, a huge fee of 747-400s to replace. Um, and yes, they do have, uh, them, they've started that process with um, the current generation 777, but um, who's to say they don't go for a mixed fleet? I mean, they certainly have a mixed fleet on the passenger side, um, and they have a 350 passenger, uh, the passenger version. Um, and then the other kind of, Possibility, I would say uh, maybe um, Asiana, which um, eventually will will merge uh, with Korean to become one giant entity. Um, again, they have some older 747 conversions, um, and they had had previously told us that they were uh, in the process of deciding the the replacement for those. And they have the, they also operate the passenger version of the A350. So there's just a few possibilities. Uh, now, of course, it could be some someone completely unexpected, uh, which would be nice too. Well, we'll certainly have to find out more. I, I think um, as far as, you know, A350, and you're talking about it could potentially be a um, number of Asian carriers. Um, I would think that whoever would order an A350 in Asia would be interested in the Asia Latin American trade, um, which has just been exploding um, in the past um, few years. Um, so perhaps we will find out who ordered this uh, A350 at Cargofax last half or even next week. And that's why I wanted to close it out with. Next week would be Cargo Facts Asia returning to Singapore, uh, April 17th through the 19th, um, which is going to be uniting um, all the industry leaders in the Asia Pacific region for a really wonderful um, event. And hopefully maybe we'll find out more about the A350 there. Jeff, is there anything um, about Cargo Facts Asia that you're particularly excited about this year? Um, well, just uh, getting all the carriers um, together um, because yeah, it's been um, what three, three, four years um, since we had Cargofax Asia and things are certainly looking different uh, now. Certainly it has been a very long time and we're happy to return and we'll be covering the event in detail um, and posting those, inf those information on Cargofax.com which 
leads me to a conclusion that that is all the time that we have for today. For those of you tuning in, I want to thank you. For more multimedia content like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time.